The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Well, unlike global beer brands like Heineken, Stella Artois and Carlsberg, SAB exported very, very little beer. The team that took SAB Miller Global, well, they took systems and processes and a an almost militant, if not well, almost, yeah, a militant focus on operational efficiency global. They built the second biggest brewer in the world that way. Their timing was impeccable. They were seeing the end of apartheid. They knew it couldn't last forever. They knew that communism wouldn't last forever. And, of course, Mikhail Gorbachev, who died in Russia last night, was absolutely pivotal in the, in the success of SAB Miller because it was his actions that led to the pulling down of the Berlin Wall, the opening up of Eastern Europe to um, companies like SAB Miller to go in and buy assets and to improve them and to create massive enterprises. Then, of course, AB InBev bought it, and they've had to sell off assets around the world as part of keeping local regulators happy. And the South African part of the business of AB InBev is still called SAB. Its chief executive is Richard Rivet Karnak. Um, you're the first South African at the helm since uh, since AB InBev took over, Richard. Good evening. Hi, Bruce. Good evening. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we've, uh, we've now been under the control of AB InBev for... Uh, since October 2016, uh, so it'll be six years um, in October this year, and I am the first South African since the change of control, that's right. But you're part of the furniture, aren't you? I mean, you've been around there since, what, you were three? Not quite three, but I've I've been around uh, at SAB since 2009, so okay. actually for in SAB terms, not that long, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, there, there are still lots and lots of people around the business um, today that have a lot more tenure than I do. Did you join in London? Did you work at the Woking offices of SAB? You were part of mergers and acquisitions, weren't you? That's right. So I joined in, in 2009. It's towards the back end of the the real mergers and acquisitions um, run that SAB went on uh, for all those years um, and spent three years in London uh, doing M&A, trying to buy a FEMSA's beer business in, in Mexico, which Heineken eventually bought um, I worked on the Foster's deal in, in Australia, Colton United Breweries, which, which SAB um, bought, uh, I think, in, in about 2011, 2012. Uh, and then I transferred back uh, with the business to, to actually work for Norman Adamy uh, in South Africa. Um, you can hear, obviously, and I am South African, uh, but I came back here really to learn, to learn the business from from one of the best operators that that SAB produced, Norman but, Adamy. But SAB, I mean, the, the legends are legion. Um, SAB was a remarkable place, and um, and hopefully you know, there are remnants of it that remain. But SAB was, well, uh, Kevin Hedewick, former CEO of Famous Brands, once said to me, SAB was the best MBA you didn't have to pay for. Um, and it was a, a place of extraordinary growth and opportunity for those who you know, met the requirements and the demanding requirements of working in the business. And that hasn't changed at all, Bruce. You'll be very glad to hear. I mean, it still is uh, at its heart a business that um, that strives for excellence in everything we do. Uh, it is a business that rewards people who are resilient and talented uh, and ambitious with promotion uh, and, and the opportunity to work in different functions so across the business, both within South Africa, um, and we still you know, are part of a global organization. Um, and I'm very proud to say that we, we're still in a position where we are exporting 
South African talent uh, into the global ABNBF business uh, monthly. You know, we have we have people who are recognised within the global organisation as leaders uh, within SAB, and and they get opportunities to go and uh, teach the rest of the business uh, how we do things uh, exceptionally well in South Africa. And it was that exceptional ability, and I was chatting to Roy Bagatini about this. Roy uh, mentioned earlier that we sort of we've segmented the show between two SAB um, powerhouses, yourself and uh, Roy Bagatini, who ran the Japan business for SAB before switching sides to Carlsberg, which couldn't have made him that popular. And, and then he went and sold jeans and now sells food, uh, mostly, uh, at, at Woolworths. Um, and he was just saying you know, that it was that pedantic attention to detail Detail that made SAB the extraordinary business that it was. And it what was extraordinary about SAB, unlike the Eastern European businesses, which they bought, they became complacent and they ran out of capital and they, you know, had old and dirty bottles and scuffed labels and it, it just was, they weren't very well run. SAB was just fastidious. Graham Mackay, Maya Khan, um, and the team you referred to, Norman Adamy, were absolute pedants when it came to to the detail of the business? Is it still as absolutely rigorously pedantic as it once was? Uh, Bruce, absolutely. I mean, the reality is we are in a business that, that is very, very competitive. Uh, and uh, if we aren't on the top of our game, uh, we, we compete against uh, other global organizations, uh, most notably in South Africa, obviously Heineken, who, who is a formidable company with uh, amazing brands. Uh, and if we aren't on, on top of our game uh, and innovating and doing things both operationally and in terms of marketing and brand building uh, exceptionally well, we will, we will very quickly start losing to the competition. So you know, that focus um, is still very much part of the SAB culture. Um, and you know, when people ask me about the, the differences between uh, the culture of, of AB InBev and, and SAB today under different ownership. You know, my starting point is always that we're still a business you know, that, is, that is owned and run by um, an organization that is full of people that are passionate about beer, that love working uh, in the beer industry um, for all of the reasons <coughs> uh, you've mentioned. Um, and, and we, yeah, the, the strive to, for that excellence is, is more important than ever. Right, um, because we see a, a market that is that is consolidating. So we're very aware of what's happening in South Africa, and and we know that if we are arrogant and complacent, um, you know, we, we're gonna we're gonna very quickly be in trouble. So that that singular focus on on our brands and on our consumers and on on our customers um, and winning in market is is stronger than ever. Down to measuring the tire tread of the delivery trucks. Absolutely, <laughs> that and <laughs> that and. I mean, it's nuts. <laughs> not at all, Bruce. I mean, it's uh, yeah. If you if if you don't if you let the small things go, then sure. then very quickly the big things the small things become big things, right? Uh, and yeah, our business is as much about producing beer. It's about logistics, right? Uh, and so if we aren't the leaders in logistics and understand, you know, as you say, what is the tread on each of the tires? You know, how do we maximize that? When, it, when is it problematic? Uh, how do we maximize the amount of beer that goes on every trucks? How we maximize the number of trucks um, that we need in order to deliver our beer? You know, very quickly, we'll be overtaken.
Uh, one of the, 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 the great strengths, of course, was never to become complacent. Uh, uh, I saw a stat the other day that global beer consumption peaked in 2007. Is that an accepted industry statistic? I would say no. Uh, our view is, is very strongly, and I'll start... I'll start globally. Uh, there are there are um, markets where where certainly the growth that we have seen has slowed down, uh, predominantly in Western Europe and and North America. But we actually see beer um, starting to to take share of throat, uh, which is an expression uh, for how we measure whether people are drinking beer, uh, ciders, or wines, uh, or spirits uh, in the industry. Uh, we actually see beer starting to take share of throat, even in those more developed markets. Um, and then in the rest of the world, the developing world, uh, of which obviously Africa is a large part, um, we see significant growth, right? The, you know, the consumption of beer is, is linked directly to population growth uh, and the economic growth of the, the countries we, we operate in in the developing world. Uh, and, you know, and as people get wealthier and as populations grow, uh, consumption increases. And so we see significant growth still for many, many years, even decades to come in, in the developing world. And one of the ways in which you measure affordability of beer is how many hours somebody has to work in order to, uh, to afford one beer, for example. Um, and that becomes a very useful economic measurement in terms of the buying power of people within particular territories and also then allows you to craft your recipes according to the affordability factor in many markets. Yeah, that's right. So we've we've over the years done a lot of research into this, and 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 the the tipping point really for when you see a significant increase in the consumption of beer is is around thirty minutes. Uh, so if it if you can earn um, enough money to consume to buy a beer, sorry, uh, within thirty minutes, uh, that is when people really have the choice to. To have rather than you know, one beer, they can choose to have two or three beers um, with, without it being a problem. So um, it, it is something that's very important, and it and it links back to my comments around both population growth, but more importantly, you know, GDP growth and economic growth in the developing world. Um, and and we see in South Africa, uh, we we are at that level, uh, but in many markets still around the world, we're a long way uh, from that level, especially in Africa. Yeah. Um, and so that is why it's so important that we uh, continue to operate uh, in these markets, build great brands, uh, because when the growth opportunity comes, um, we need to be, ensure that we're well-placed to, to benefit from that. I'm pretty sure I could earn my first beer in 30 minutes. It would probably take me a little longer to earn the second beer, and to earn the sixth beer would probably take me all day because my productivity does begin to decline quite quickly. But I'm not, that's not what you're talking about, no. of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's not drink a beer, work for half an hour, have another beer, work for 35 minutes, have another beer. That would be messy. No. Richard Rivet Karnak is the chief executive at SAB. We'll find out in a moment why he's also called Boris. I don't know if people at SAB know that, but they do now. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Is every Rivet Karnak male being called Boris? Richard? <laughs> so, yeah, it's an interesting question, Bruce. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was concerned this might come up. But, uh, so in, in, the, in the current generation, my, my brother and my cousins, uh, there's seven Borises. Uh, <laughs> or it's a, it's a school nickname that was inherited yeah. from your older relatives and... And I think all but two of us have uh, have shaken the nickname over time and, and managed to become more 
professional, but I, I never managed. So I'm still very much uh, known by my nickname, Boris, both internally, you, you mentioned that the SAB people might not know. Uh, I think, in fact, the truth of the matter is a lot of SAB people don't know my real name is Richard. Uh, <laughs> it's r- rather the other way around. So, um, and yeah, and, and more broadly, pretty much everyone knows me as Boris. It's a, it's a nickname I tried to shake many years ago, but failed dismally. So no, uh, I've stuck with it, uh, despite yeah. uh, some of the uh, Borises that have existed throughout the world. Uh. <laughs> no, exactly. And sometimes it can be a little bit uh, tricky to have to explain it, especially in a multinational. Now, um, what has SAB taught AB InBev, do you think, over the last six years? AB InBev, this global conglomerate, bought the other global conglomerate of SAB Miller. They paid a massive, I think, £46.15, if memory serves, a huge price. Um, the share price of AB InBev is yet to recover to the levels it was at at the time of the SAB deal and what it paid for SAB, but we're in the fullness of time, perhaps. Um, is SAB taught AB InBev something? Was AB InBev really inculcated itself into SAB? No, so uh, one of the things that really impressed me about uh, the AB InBev team when um, they bought SAB Miller was was how humble they were about uh, the learnings from from the acquisition. Um, and um, Carlos Brito at the time, who was the CEO at the time, and now... Brito. Exactly, Brito. And, and, <laughs> and Michelle Ducaris, our new CEO, you know, still talk about... Um, yeah, one of the key things was around um, category management and understanding really how um, how we manage both our brands and build our brands uh, within markets, uh, and and that really talks to to how we get organic growth um, over time you know, through nurturing and managing our brands correctly, uh, and and significant learnings were taken from from the transaction and 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 were shared around the world and became global be- best practice for AB InBev. Um, the other real example uh, in terms of learnings um, is is what we call the Beyond Beer portfolio. So if you look at at Brutal Fruit and Flying Fish in South Africa, yeah. um, those really are two amazing success stories um, that of brands that were created um, to really meet a specific consumer need that that we weren't meeting um, within within the beer category um, around targeting female consumers uh, around creating products that that, that appealed um, to to different consumers to the beer consumers um, and you know, over a long period of time you know we launched we launched brutal fruits I think in this country over twenty years ago sure. and flying fish over ten years ago now so these these brands take a long time and a lot of investment and a lot of focus to build, um, but really two significant success stories that um, that the the global organisation is learning from in terms of how we how we succeeded and 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 how they can take those learnings and, and push them into into the global organisation. And, and, and there are other yeah. examples as well. Sure. I mean, they they were they were very humble around uh, what SAB did well, and 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 obviously. Um, you know, I would say that I have learned, having having grown up in the the old SAB, I've learned an enormous amount uh, about how uh, you can run a beer business uh, quite differently, but still have the focus on 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 being a beer person, loving the beer um, industry, um, but doing things differently and and often better, to be honest. 
It could have been a very different outcome, though. I mean, you talked about uh, being part of the team that tried to buy FEMSA in Mexico and Heineken uh, pipped you to the post there. SAB then later tried to buy Heineken, and this was just before AB InBev pounced, of course. That deal failed. The Heineken, the family that controls Heineken, um, said, no, thank you, we prefer our independence. And that would have made SAB too big to, to, too big to buy, probably, and we would have had two massive global beer players. But the dynamics of the global beer market somehow feel less dynamic, perhaps, today than they did six years ago when the SAB deal was done? Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. I mean, the, the reality of the transaction was um, uh, AB InBev did get a lot bigger. The number one buying the number two. Sure. Uh, your, you know, the Heineken SAB transaction, which, which obviously didn't happen, um, you know, would have created a, a a much more significant number two, and you would have had two two much larger players. But things didn't work out that way, Bruce. So you know, yeah, it's but it, they now coming to your backyard with a vengeance. They're coming to buy Distel. They the the biggest cider producer in the world. Distel is the second biggest cider producer in the world. Um, is, is this something that's beginning to worry you in terms of Heineken now? Fir- they've been in your backyard for a while, but now firmly setting up shop and and showing a long term commitment. So, Brazil, I'm not really going to talk about the competition, but what I will say about both those companies is they're both fantastic companies with fantastic brands, right? Yeah. Um, and it would be very arrogant of me and to sit here and say that you know, putting putting that portfolio together and that route to market together um, is not something that you know, we don't think about uh, and um, – aren't aware of right um but combined with some great people right lots of people actually from the old sab as it happens right so um so formidable people formidable brands and and two two great companies which i have huge respect for right um but what i would say is that you know i believe you know we have the team we have the brands you know we have the the know-how uh the passion i mean the the resilience uh, of my team in in South Africa over through COVID and, and, and through the difficult period we've had over the last two years uh, and how we've bounced back as, as an organization uh, gives me enormous belief in, in, in what is to come over the next five to 10 years in South Africa for SAB. And uh, we will always compete fairly and, and vigorously with with whoever's out there. And, and ultimately, um, that's that's great for beer consumers. I mean, not only in South Africa, but across the African continent, of course. No, it's. Uh, I think it's fantastic, right? Uh, because what it brings is is the ability for companies uh, to innovate, to meet consumer demands. Um, you know, the, the competition, as we, as we touched on earlier when we were talking about tire treads and efficiencies, right? Uh, it, it creates an environment where, where companies are required to be as efficient as they can be uh, in, in order to ensure that they have products that consumers want at prices that they can afford. Um, yeah, and, and that's exactly what competition brings. It brings innovation, uh, price competition, uh, and ultimately uh, it, it results in the, the consumer winning, right? Um, which, is, which, as you say, is great for South Africa and great, but- great for Africa. Every ingredient that goes into a bottle of beer is more expensive. The glass is scarce and more expensive. Transporting it is more expensive. There's huge inflation in this world of ours. Yeah, Bruce, it's uh, it's an interesting time right now, right? We we are we we've been fortunate over the last uh, the last year that you know we have a very disciplined hedging policy, 
So yeah, we we were able to lock in fairly favourable prices for not all, but but a lot of our commodities. So you know that that has allowed us to to maintain our our cost base to a degree, uh, and obviously with that uh, maintain prices. Um, but the reality is, the longer that the um, the war continues in in Ukraine, uh, and the longer that we see these commodity prices staying at the levels that they're at now. Um, unfortunately, that that will work its way into our our raw material prices, right? Uh, and we, although we procure you know, almost ninety seven percent of everything um, that goes into a beer um, that's drunk in South Africa in South Africa, so that's from the hops, the barley, the sure. glass, the cans. Everything is 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 procured locally by local manufacturers. Um, yeah, you know, we do benchmark some of the the costs against global commodity prices. So, yeah, inflation is something that we are uh, monitoring very closely. Richard Rivet Karnak, otherwise known as Boris Rivet Karnak, chief executive at SAB in South Africa. Thanks very much for your time this evening as our shapeshifter.